Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now the third episode of Hawkeye. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And as mentioned, we're going to be talking about the third episode of the first, maybe only season of Hawkeye. I guess we'll have to see what happens. Alex, Called no! What? Well, they said it's a limited series of events. They said it's a limited series of events. It's a I hope it gets canceled, is what I'm saying, wow. to be totally clear. Real Grinch <laughs> over here. This is you're talking about episode one Hawkeye. When we're on episode three Hawkeye, who's fun? Yeah, that guy's yeah. fun. fun. He's he's, he's a fun guy. This is Hawkeye. Finally, we're Hawk talking about guy. echoes. If not you haven't seen Hawk the episode, what? Not Hawk here. Yes, yeah, um, not Hawk here. Hawk here, not Hawkeye. Visual. Yeah. That's a text joke from the end. Yeah, nice. Unsubscribe. <laughs> Stop saying Stop that. Saying that. <laughs> that that's one of those things that even though it feels new, it makes you sound old. So we're oh, gonna like be talking the... about Echoes again, the third episode. I've said it several times to echo what I was saying before, but go watch the episode because we're gonna spoil nice. it. But fun, very fun brief. subscribe. Fun subscribe. <laughs> very brief Something. overview of what happens here. Kate and Clint have been captured by the tracksuit mafia. We find out a lot more about Echo, mm. aka Maya Lopez's backstory here as she goes head to head with him. Turns out that Ronin killed her dad, and that's why she's trying to track down the person in the suit. Uh, and ultimately they escape. A big fight ensues. They do get away from the tracksuit mafia, thanks to some trick arrows, and Clint and Kate finally teaming up. And at the end of the episode, they're trying to track down more information about Kazi, who is Maya's second-in-command. We get some interesting teases for the underworld of the Marvel Universe, the way it is right now, that I'm sure Whoa. we'll get into in a moment. And then at the end of the episode, Jack comes in with a sword, specifically the Ronin sword, puts it right up to Clint's throat, and that's where we end the episode. So overall, though, like we were saying, a very fun episode. I don't know that Clint's totally there yet completely. We knew this journey was happening, but this third episode, I would say, at least for me, is the one where I was like, okay, at least he is lightening up a little bit. I am enjoying it a little bit more. Pete, you've been on board since the first episode, though. What do you yeah. think about this one? I'm having a great time. I think this is a lot of fun. I mean, sick ball crawl, bro. I mean, there is a lot of fun things going on in this episode. You also get a heartbreaking phone call out of left field. And I was yeah. like, man, that was a lot to That's go through. Uh, but yeah, then the classic ending um, to make you want to come back for more. I'm having a great time. I mean, I agree. This episode really came together it feels like the series just locked in right at the top of this episode and we got uh, hawkeye's working together being fun all the trick arrow stuff was a blast and then yeah. we get sucker punched with this super heartfelt moment i teared up i was crying mm -hmm. while oh, watching man. this episode and it caught me off guard in a crazy way 
and they Jeremy Renner's to... performance is so amazing. You're just crying. You're just. And I guess you. we talked about this. Like he's such a curmudgeon at the top of this series <laughs> and everything before. And if it if it's it may be worth it for a moment like that where you get to see him crack. He's like that stoic dad that you just can't get on board with whatever you're doing. And then when you get that that moment of real emotion there, it just really popped for me. And then they managed to sew together the two sides of this show sort of by the end of the episode that uh, it was really great episode. I thought. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think part of it is the fact that most of the episode was one big action sequence. There are a bunch of other things going on, but it was really well choreographed, very fun, uh, well shot. Um, Not to be a little bit of a stickler, but there were some times where you could see some of the stitching coming together with the CGI and the batting going on in the car. But at the same time, love that spinning shot as they were driving out. Yeah! uh, As Kate was firing the arrows, going through all the trick arrows. Very, very fun there. And also the action stuff with Maya was really good. Uh, That's probably actually a good place to start because we ended the last episode with her, but this is, we get her backstory. We get to see her in action. We get to see her have some emotional moments. This is, uh, I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong, but Alkea Cox's first ever acting role or at least first ever on-screen acting role. So that's a big deal. Uh, What'd you think about her in the episode? And what'd you think about her as Echo? Uh, I thought it was really badass, killed it. And I was uh, excited that we got a boss battle in this episode. Normally you see the bad guy and then they build back up to that. But like, uh, you know, we got Hawkeye and Echo fighting uh, right away. So that was very cool. I loved her backstory. Also, her dad, uh, awesome actor, and really cool to see in this role, like really touching stuff. The whole dragon stuff was really heartbreaking and fun. Uh, yeah, this has been really fantastic casting. Yeah, I agree. I thought she was great. And it's a tough role because it's a character that we're introduced uh, to here as like an antagonist to our main characters. Like maybe not a full like capital V villain, but someone who's like after them. And we find mm-hmm. out that, you know, Ronan killed her father. Yeah. Hawkeye is Ronan. So, like, we're setting them up to be really, like, not to not get along. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's able to play, but in the comics, uh, she ends up being a hero. And I feel like that's where we're going to end up here by the end of the, the season. We'll so, see. to be able to find that line of, like, this is someone who is, like, harsh, but there's, like, a real person underneath who, like, is driven by emotions, and we get that here with her backstory, seeing her father die and this quest for revenge she's on. um, And she kind of loses it a little bit, speaking of emotions. Uh, And still being, like, a a badass fighter throughout it all. Two things to mention about this. One, mispronounced it, definitely, it's Alakwa Cox. I'm just not going to try it. For whatever. You you know what I'm talking about. You got to try it. Actress. Actress who plays Maya Lopez. Uh, very Actress. good. I like good. her very much. She's 100% definitely not the main villain of the series to the yeah. point that they lay out throughout the episode. And Hawkeye mentioned several times there's a bigger, badder boss behind her. Do yeah. we want to get in and talk about that now? Because they mention, they use the name, they say he's her uncle. Do you think they're talking about Uncle Ben? Oh my God, Peter Parker's oh, Uncle Ben! Like that's the biggest a, uncle, a, 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 a oh my crime God. boss. Yeah, that's uh, the biggest yeah. uncle Don't in the Marvel you think universe. It's that's swords, immediately man? where my mind went. Yeah. And I assume. And you real guys quick, too. Alex, give yeah. us your power rankings on the biggest uncles. 
Oh, great. Like, well, Uncle Ben, Peter Parker's Uncle Ben, Uncle huge. Ben, the guy from the rice, and uh, then my well, Come uncle. on, dude. Yeah. My Uncle Charles. Oh, from Bones and Harmony? No, no, no. My, my Your actual. Uncle, my actual right. Uncle Charles. Oh, wow. He ranks wow, below yeah. both Uncle Ben's, though. I'm sorry, Uncle okay. Charles. Is that the same Uncle I'm Charles uncle from ben the Bones and man. Harmony song? I miss my dog and I miss my Uncle Charles. Yeah, they wrote oh. it about him, yes. Wow. Charles <laughs> Alpin? <laughs> Little known fact. Wow, <laughs> you can pull Bone Thugs quotes just from, like, somebody says one word and you're like, who's making old references real quick? Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Uh, yeah. Fun fact, I used to... <laughs> it took five old. seconds for you to make an older reference. <laughs> I used to meet up with my Uncle Charles at the Crossroads as well. Unsubscribe. <laughs> Unsubscribe. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, no, it's it's obviously Kingpin. Like they're definitely teeing up Kingpin. If it's not what? Kingpin, wait, are you joking? It could be Pete? others. I thought it, it was the swordsman. I thought it meant they, then that's who the uncle is. No, no, no. That's the body type, the way that he's dressed, the boss of New York crime. That has to be Kingpin. It's almost definitely going to be Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. Oh, don't you put that out there. If that's year. not going to. That's just your. Oh, don't. That is uh, not just gonna my be, bad theory. You don't think it's going to be like Silvermane or Ooh, Hammerhead? Hammerhead. Ooh, Hammerhead. Ooh, yeah, that would drive the yeah. fans crazy. It would be awesome. <laughs> he's, got, like, he's, got a, he's got a square head. Yeah, it could he's, be Tombstone. He's got this cool square head, and he hits people with his head sometimes. Could be Tombstone. tombstone. Is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He did have that line when he went up and he pinched uh, Maya's cheek where he said, uh, what do you want on your tombstone? Yeah. And she was like, pepperoni. pepperoni. That's not the tombstone Sausage. I'm talking about. Same tombstone. Oh. No, it's not. Have it's we all different. made references that are crazy old now? Yeah. Okay, yes. good. No, uh, I definitely think I mean, this I, is it's, I agree. It's, it's definitely yeah. going to be Kingpin. I'm curious how they're going to set him up, though. He's the big bad. Hawkeye versus Kingpin. I don't know. I don't know where that is. That would be wild. Uh, And then is that meant to catapult into something else? Mm -hmm. Or is that really where we're going to end this up? And are we going to get like Kingpin, who's like a a badass fighter? Or is he just going to be lurking in the shadows? Because I'll tell you what, I want to see that scene where he throws off his clothes and Mm -hmm. fight. Well, he was badass on Daredevil. So if they do get Vincent D'Onofrio back, I think... He is a legit physical threat there, potentially. He's got the meatiest hands he, in Hollywood. I hope he takes a suction <laughs> cup arrow right to the forehead. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's just sticking out the whole time in the fight. So there's a couple of things to talk about here. I mean, first of all, the question is whether he is, if it is Kingpin, assuming it's Kingpin, if he is the big bad of the We're series, a big or assumption. it's somebody that they're going to save for a post credit sequence, I would say for my part, given the focus that they give the uncle and that character in this episode, that has to be somebody who shows up in the series. Otherwise, it's a little frustrating if it's just a, a post-credits thing, you know? Um, so there's I that. sort of agree with you, but I also think now that we've, we did a lot of the, the Maya side of the story here, and now we're jumping over to the, the Jack Swordsman stuff for next episode, I feel like... That has to relate. I feel like yeah. the Armand Jack stuff has to then funnel back. Armand into Kingpin, the seventh is the worst of them all. The child. I I feel like if we're gonna are they working together? Is Swordsman? Uh, it has to. I think it has to touch on that on that side as well. Right. I mean, that was the other part that I was gonna say is that I'm still pretty convinced that Kate's mom is the villain of the series. She yes. is the one who Dude, we're supposed to moms. think it's Jack. 
but she, Jack is working for her, Troxit yep. Mafia potentially working for her. Maybe she's in debt to the Kingpin or something like that. Um, so maybe Kingpin isn't the ultimate big bad of the series. It's just this element that they're finally weaving in from the Netflix series. Whether, whether you know, I, I don't think it's going to be multiverse sh- shenanigans, but there's a very easy way to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not exactly the same kingpin. It's still played by Vincent D'Onofrio, but we're not going to be like explicitly. Here's all the things that he went through over the course of several seasons of Daredevil. But to yeah. to get to the comic books, and maybe you guys remember this better than I do, but Kingpin is, I believe, inextricably tied with Maya Lopez's origin. I think her dad was working for him, died. She sent he sent her to a school for the deaf which is something yeah. that comes up towards the beginning of the episode. They talk about that a little bit here. And she's certainly tangled with him, worked for him, and worked against him, if, again, if I remember correctly, throughout the comics. So it feels like kind of a no-brainer, and it also feels like a no-brainer to introduce him, like you were saying, Justin, here, sort of shadowy, potentially, in the background. And then we know Echo, a series, is coming. So you loop over to that, have Kingpin be full-fledged in the Echo series. Yeah. That's a big oh. deal there, potentially. Well, and that makes me think that there is a path forward here where we Kingpin is a post-credit reveal, and the the villain is uh, Vera Formiga, um, and and that and the the Bishop organization, and that's who's above um, above Maya in the crime syndicate world. I mean, uh, I will say a bishop works for the king. Oh boy. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> you said oh, that like Sherlock Holmes solving the <laughs> end of the story. And I don't say I don't know. That's one more thing before I go. Uh, <laughs> Columbo. Yeah. Now it's a race to see who can make the weirdest <laughs> oldest reference because dropping a Columbo in there is now. Did shocking. you get the reference to a train going through a tunnel? One of my favorite movies that I originally saw in theaters. <laughs> Yeah, uh, obviously uh, sexual, uh, deeply sexual. <laughs> oh, my God, stop it. Uh, do you want to – should we talk about the, the rest of the episode? We yeah, yeah, I wish like, you guys wouldn't get – I'm good. I don't know why you're so far – I don't know why you're so far ahead and want to write an ending or whatever. Like, listen to what we are right I just now. Want to be, the, I just want this nightmare to be over so I can move on to the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> Classic I, I, fan. We really have to deal with this, uh, you know, creepy – a swordsman figure and like what's going on with her mom. Like I, and she, you know, does bring that up in a funny way in this episode. And she's like, and also my mom may be marrying a murderer. And it was fun to hear that kind of recap. Like what you tried to stab him in the face. Like, uh, I, I love that scene in the cab. It was in the back of a cab, right? Where she's talking yep. to Clint and she's like, there's so much evidence. He gave yep. me a butterscotch. Yeah, the butterscotch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Uh, it was great. It it sort of it points to this whole training thing that's going on that I think also played out really nicely throughout this episode. There was also that great conversation in the diner that they had where Clint yeah. was kind of laying it out for her in terms of being a hero. And I appreciated yeah. the fact that in all of these instances, he wasn't going through the typical superhero storytelling mode of like, you can't be a hero. You need to know. No, this is a bad lifestyle. Stay away. He's already resigned to the fact that she's going to do this. He can't mm-hmm. stop her. So all he can do is give her the information she needs to know that this is not the blast that she thinks it's necessarily going to be, that there are real costs here. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I think, he, like you're saying, he, he does a good job of not being overly preachy and sort of expositional about it. 
It's just built through his character. Where he's like, "Listen, this sucks. I don't know. I'm just telling this you, blo- this really like, blows. It's so like, like, you don't want to do this." And I, I love can't that the hear, scene. You know, I, yeah. I don't. I love the scene in the diner when she's like, "Here, I rebranded you." He's like, "Look, I spent 20 years trying not to be recognized. I want to wear this nonsense that you're putting out there, which I think is great. I'm not a role model. All that stuff. That was heartbreaking but, to say that to her because that's her role model, you know? Yeah, but I mean, it tracks with him. He thinks he's just like a, a loner, a loser type guy who's messed up so many times in his I life. I was surprised that she didn't bring up the Battle of New York in that conversation. Or was like, you are a role model to me. This yeah, is I happened. think that's could have been what she was saying to him before he put that whole thing in, mm-hmm. where she was yeah, going that's off. Possible. Yeah. Uh, also, no, that's again, cool. just a nitpick about stuff. I feel like we're now... Why, Why would you do that? Well, I don't... I, I feel like this is also, at the same time as I enjoyed this episode, this is hitting a lot of those very stereotypical superhero sliding off things like with the costume thing. Yes, it is a very silly costume. He should not be wearing that, but we've been seeing that same scene in superhero movies for the past 20 years at this point, since X-Men when they're like, I'm not going to wear a costume. Costumes are dumb. The explanation here I think is good and emotional. Like you guys were saying, but I don't need to see another scene like that telling me this is stupid. This thing that you like is stupid. Well, <laughs> it's, it's a nod to his original kind of costume. Oh, okay. And that's a, it's a making fun of, uh, I think it's, yeah, I, I don't know why you hate it, it so it, much. I didn't like it because it also, I was struck in the same way. And I know we argued about this a little bit. I was struck in the same way by the LARPing thing in the last episode where mm. it feels like, I don't need to be watching a Marvel show and being told nerd stuff is stupid. You know, well, like yeah, we're already watching a Marvel show. It, it's an yeah, easy it's, joke. Exactly. It's a little you easy. All, and I, I'll take that. But I will. I do think they really do a good job of putting it through the lens of the mm-hmm. characters. Uh, so, like, I'm willing to forgive that sort of standard like that thing I, I did in the comics is stupid. I'm cool now. I wear clothes uh like we definitely get it uh but i i on the from the larger side like that conversation felt a little more rote and we knew it was coming a bit but the in the action sequences the way that hawkeye is very serious but sort of enjoying it mm-hmm. i thought was played really well and i think even though we're seeing some themes that we have already seen before the way that the performance really sells it through from an emotional standpoint i think was a great difference maker here I absolutely agree. And I think like you're talking about with the whole chase sequence, again, the fact that like he doesn't delay in terms of giving Kate the arrows, he's just telling her, don't use that one because that is (laughs) the most destructive arrow possible that he realizes, no, she has these skills. I'm going to hand you the right arrows and you're going to take care of the stuff. And then by the end of that sequence, when they're swinging off the bridge, they're even non-verbally giving each other cues and working as a team. I thought, like you're saying, Justin, that was a really nice way of getting this relationship out through action rather than dialogue. So that perhaps to me is just to finish this up, perhaps to me, that's why when they do have these scenes, like this costume is stupid. It stands out to me because the rest of it is very elevated and is hitting things a little smarter to have these dumber or more usual things may they stand out more because of it. You know, it might've been all been fixed with a line from Kate that just was like, you don't like this costume? You have a putty arrow that I shot at a car yesterday or whatever. <laughs> like, really being like, it's all goofy. Why are you drawing a line here on the purple costume, yet you have all these uh, nonsense arrows? 
Uh, well, and also, I well, mean, this is getting into mild spoilers, but it was in the trailer. He's going to have a purple costume by the end of this well, series. Well, that's also the fun of it. That's yeah. also the fun so of it. So he is going to get there. So all of this railing against the stuff, like the I, the guy who did some of the posters for Hawkeye when I was tweeting, complaining about the LARPing thing, he was like, he tweeted at me and said, why do you think they're not going to come back? And I was like, well, I do think they're going to come back. And he's like, well, they are. So yeah. a lot of the stuff they're going to leave. his name. His name was Grills. Yeah, yeah. But Grills. he said his name, I was like, we're seeing Grills again. So yeah. even though I complained about that, like we talked about, yes, they are going to come back and there is going to be some sort of redemption for him. There is going to be some sort of redemption for the costume thing. So same as like Clint being a total sourpuss for the first two episodes we're going to get there. And I understand that's part of the journey. It's just frustrating to be hitting these points. And maybe we're supposed to not like Clint. Maybe we're supposed yeah. to be angry. angry. Exactly. Well, I think I, it's a little bit like you have to introduce the costume in him hate it before he can then be forced to wear it for whatever mm-hmm. situation they're in, because it's all about putting him in a, in a frustrating position. It's, it's nice to be on the other side of this. Somebody else being like, you know, I don't like, I don't like this one part Grumpy. of it. Yeah, Grumpy. yeah, the grumpy guy, the sensitive guy who's like, they made fun of musicals. Oh, no, they're making fun of LARPing. Hey, that was the original costume. Stop it. You know, I mean, like, that I, is what I sound uh, like. That's, yeah. That Flawless really Alex impression. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can be able to take it a little bit, they're having a lot of fun. There's also a lot of great smart moments. You know, uh, I, I, the, the fact like she literally yells like in the middle of a giant chase scene, we're communicating. I mean, it's just, uh, uh, the back and forth was very enjoyable. Even on the subway, you know, that old, uh, oh, sit down on the subway after a long day. <laughs> it's just, they got fucking a giant bows and it's hysterical yeah. and they're having two separate conversations, but it's also the same. It's great. Well, I mean, I'll just give a shout out again to Haley Steinfeld, who continues to totally kill it in this series. Kate has been completely on it since the first episode and fantastic first since the first episode. She continues to be fantastic here, um, loving everything that she is doing in the series. One of my absolute favorite moments, too, and this isn't specifically just her, but the whole shooting the arrow in the air thing and using the pin oh, arrow to oh. make it grow larger Fantastic. I cackled out loud. Yeah, I was having such a great time. That was so enjoyable. Uh, I am a sucker for these arrow shots, like Mm -hmm. the jump in before the ball crawl, like, uh, you know, cutting open the thing, like unbelievable. It's great to see Hawkeye being Hawkeye. Like Mm -hmm. everyone is like Hawkeye's lame. But mm-hmm. the parts that are cool are his him shooting arrows. <laughs> so <laughs> to finally see him do it, I was like, okay, you're really selling us on this guy. Well, and it works because you are getting Haley Steinfeld's reactions to it, Kate's reactions to it of, this is cool. This is a fun thing. Oh, my God, we blew up this car with an arrow that is wildly yeah. over the top. And like we talked around a lot, Clint's whole mode for most of the MCU is like, I hate shooting arrows and that's all I can do. <laughs> and here having her point out like, no, this is awesome. This is actually yeah. a fun thing to watch. I like watching this is, is much better and makes it much more enjoyable. Um, what else can we talk about with the episode? I guess we could talk well, about, Oh, go ahead, Pete. There's one huge thing we haven't talked about yet. And that's the love of cars. I, mean, I was just going to say, there's Pete, a you huge gotta be ready. moment there where he was like, you know, uh, I'm not going to do that to the charger. Like, okay, respect to the charger, but 
that Chrysler was badass. That's old school with the lights that come up. Like I was, you know, that whole part where he gets it started and then the fun song also starts and it's like a Christmas song. Like I, I thought that was really fun and a smart thing to do. And the just like having that giant boat of a car to shoot in is great because then we can do like a 360 thing. Yeah. Man, the char- the car chase scenes were awesome. Also, they had a moment when the Charger died. That was sad. Like, yeah, uh, the, a died. little nod to the love of the car was was very enjoyable in this uh, episode, for sure. Yeah, and Pete. also, the Trust-A-Bro moving company, I mean, they're, they're just having fun out there. They're, that's just fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun vehicles. Now, Pete, you walk out of that, the KB toy factory there. Which car do you choose? You're in Hawkeye's position. Oh, well, you which got, Hawkeye you, do you go with? You got, I mean, you don't want to trash the Charger, but I mean, mm-hmm. you're the good guy. You should get the Charger. I mean, the Charger was right from the comic. That was Hawkeye yeah. number yeah. three, I think. So that was super fun. Oh, yeah. uh, one other thing. This is getting back to the Kingpin discussion. Uh, but the place that they worked at was Fat Man Auto, which mm-hmm. feels like maybe some sort of reference potentially to Kingpin. Oh, Just throwing wow. that out there. Interesting. That's mm-hmm. a good call. Not the uh, TV show. Oh, and Jake one and the other Fat one. Man. Not it could, yeah, be, could be Jake and the Fat Man reference. Yeah. Uh, one more thing. Maybe it's Jake and your Fat Man. Also, <laughs> you couldn't say that to Kingpin. Jake, You'd be like, Kingpin, Jake get it because of you. We're going Fat Man Auto because of you. Yeah, you wouldn't stand for that. <laughs> I you named, named the auto shop after Do you yeah. like this? <laughs> you like what we're doing Do like, here? We named it after you. <laughs> What about uh, oh, and one other reference? Just while I'm rattling through the ones that I remembered, uh, Kazi is the clown from the comics. I think he was used a lot in Charles Soule's run on Daredevil, in particular. It was that guy with like oh, yeah. one yeah, tear on his yeah. face? Very creepy, creepy. shit. So this yeah. is a very yeah. different character, but different character. I was like, what is this? Jon Snow looking dude, mm-hmm. sensitive, yeah. wandering around this show. He feels out of place. But I don't know. Oh, if they're going to make that reference, it feels like we're going to see that. Yeah. Because I really otherwise, like the rela- why? Well, I mean, on the other hand, I really like the relationship between him yeah. and Echo. Where you got to put your crew first, man. That was cool. I liked him holding her back. I like that she's a not a ruthless crime boss, that they have this yeah. really interesting relationship. And it's the same thing with the tracksuit mafia, which I know are played for laughs. And they're certainly... Oh. Played for laughs of the fraction so of run as well, but um, that they all have personality and that they don't feel like like I think that's what points to why they're not the big bad of the show necessarily the, is they're kind of sweet and you kind of like them a little bit. The whole Imagine yeah. Dragons conversation was hysterical, you know. Great advice, yeah. You know, just like you all right, bro, and then he like opens up to her. It was it was so much fun. Very good. I, I love the connection. Also, uh, one last thing with the um, the hearing aid. Maya, yeah. when she comes out before yeah. she even gets into all their business, is like, "Hey, man, you got to be better. You can't be trusting that hearing aid. It can get smashed." Then she smashes it, and it really does change Hawkeye's ability to to do what he does. Um, and I feel that feels like a, a theme that we're going to continue on with here. Well, this gets into a, a little potential prognostication slash comic book stuff. But in the comics, uh, Echo doesn't Echo teach Hawkeye at some point, or he gets some advice from her. Well. In the comic, Echo is Ronan for a while. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a lot of connection there. Okay. So there potentially could be some sort of like him actually learning from her thing going on. Yeah, also, Jack, I think so. 
the swordsman Jacques Duquesne in the comics was one of Hawkeye's main trainers. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually know each other now yeah. that Jack has come face to face with him. Um, yeah. So I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities there. It's very interesting. We're only halfway through the series. Um, we'll see, I guess, how it all goes. One thing. Do you think that um, that Hawkeye, that Clint was who killed Maya's dad? Ooh. Or you think because it was somebody just wearing the suit? Well, that's what I was like. Oh, this makes sense. Hawkeye feels bad. But it was pretty ruthless, the killing. And it makes a little bit of sense if he's – you know, the company was part of the Kingpin's organization. Why, when he was in that dark place, would be coming through and just like slicing people down. Yeah. But I don't know. It started to feel a little bit like maybe it wasn't him. What? I don't know. I, I, I could can go see either that. Way I think, it. I think partially it was because it was a stunt man doing flips and stuff that it felt like yeah. maybe it's not Clint. <laughs> not Renner. <laughs> yeah. But Stumbling he's supposed to. to. I mean, everything that we've known about Ronan, we've never really seen anything other than that one scene in Endgame is he is ruthless and he did yeah, kill people yeah. and he just tore through the crime world. Yeah, he lost his mind and mm-hmm. yeah, just went on a killing spree. So so possibly that would be a fun twist, definitely, if it does happen. Any other moments from yeah. the episode? My, of you my gut says it? that it was him and it's gonna be about that guilt yeah. that he's dealing with. Totally. Um I just you know the the trick arrows were was just so fun. And the use of the suction cup arrow and how they brought that back was really enjoyable. But also the fact that like we had little moments where he's like, sorry, Santa, where he ran over the kind of like floppy car uh thing Santa was hysterical. Um and yeah, I just think it's it's there are all these little little moments that are making this show uh really enjoyable and I'm just uh I don't know, I'm I'm eating it up so uh, yeah, just I'm um, very happy with these 3 and I'm hoping uh, the next 3 are just as bananas. Let's not forget that Pizza Dog got his name. Yeah, made that official. That was the other note. Well, he's eventually going to be named Lucky, right? Like, they're going to call him that? I think that was the... Uh, Maybe. I feel like Pizza Pizza Dog... Dog. I think it's just going to be Pizza Dog. All right. Um, Because I always uh, always just call him Pizza Dog. The Lucky Mm -hmm. thing feels like a hat on a hat. (laughs) Before we wrap up here, let's turn to the vision board where we prognosticate about what we want to happen in the next episode. Pete, let's turn to you. What's the big thing you want to see happen in episode four? Well, I think we'll hopefully pick up right where we left off because I can't wait to see if it's like, oh, hey, and they know each other um, or they're just going to fight. And, you know, I don't know, like, what's going to happen, because um, he's definitely going to recognize that sword for sure at the minimum. And uh, yeah, and like uh, was said earlier, I don't know which one of you numbskulls said it, but the fact that uh, I want to get this side of the story, we got to spend some time with mom and the creepy swordsman Mm -hmm. and kind of really understand what's going on in this relationship. Yeah, I agree. I'm ready for the reveal of yeah. uh, of Kate's mom being the head of some criminal organization. Um, I think it feels like right from the jump, it was like, well, there's something devious going on here. So let's, we don't need to be too much coy about coy about it for too much longer. Um, but I love the idea that Jack knows Clint. Um, we've gotten a lot of little clues of that. Like Clint has been in this world many times over his 20 years as a crime fighter or a secret agent, whatever. And the fact that he knew the um, the mafia, the tracksuit mafia, he maybe knows swordsman, maybe was even trained by him. Um, he's connected through Ronan with all these different things happening. 
And if this if this show is all about him trying to mop up his messes so he can get back and do the thing he wants and get yeah. home before Christmas, I think that's a great – episode four is a great spot to really put a flag in that and be like, here's what he has to do. Yeah. I agree with both of those things. And just to throw out one other thing that I hope to see in the next episode, just because rhythmically for the show, I think it's the right place to put it. I want to see Yelena Belova show up. We got this oh. promise in the end credits <laughs> – of Black Widow, that she was going to be said to kill Hawkeye for what he, quote-unquote, did to Black Widow. Uh, we know she's going to be in the series. So it feels like episode four is the right time to put her there. So she comes in, helps no. Clint to come to some closure with Black Widow, and then we have those last two episodes to really deal with what's going on with the tracksuit mafia, with Kate's family, et cetera, et cetera. If we do That's a pizza dog app where we see it from its perspective, they could do they could do that, and that would be fun. That's I'm going to stand by my prediction that that's going to be, yes, it's going to be a fight sequence where we see it from mm-hmm. Pizza Dog's perspective. And honestly, I thought we were going to have it uh, by now. So we'll see. That's a lot. There's a lot going on in this show. Yeah. yeah. Very exciting, though. If you would like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Hawkeye, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. Say, what's up, uh, Uncle Charles Albin? Thanks for all your work. (laughs) 